video podcast. <laughs> Who better? I'm your king of bad taste. <laughs> well, kiddies, with that, here's your host to put a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 180 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with my inter-holiday homeboy, Grizz. Inter-holiday. <laughs> special. Well, well, we just got done with Christmas. We are moving on to New Year's, New Year's Eve. You know, that's a big fucking deal with a lot of people. So even is that though a you probably, Yeah, <laughs> people get fucking wild over that. E- even though you probably shouldn't be going to shit at this point. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, we're, we're this is like 2.0 or 3.0 right now. I don't know, right? The uh, waves. Yeah, <laughs> Christmas is over, man. We can't watch Silent Night, Deadly Night two. No. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna just feel a little bit weird, right? Like just make you miss the fact that you had like a three day weekend or something. Yeah, and it's like you can't watch the good Christmas horror movies now, and all of the the New Year's horror movies are just fucking trash. I can't think yeah. of one good new year's horror movie honestly i i really don't think i like any new year's horror films something that i think is funny is that you can watch like a halloween themed movie any time of year right and it's like totally fine because that's like a intertwined with the horror culture and everything but something like christmas horror films just doesn't hit the same way when you're watching it when like you're sweating your nuts off right Oh yeah, I have like a, I have like a strict. There's no Christmas movies after the 25th of December, like Not, none. I don't want nothing? anything to fucking do with it, dude. I don't want to hear a fucking jingle bell. I don't want to see a fucking snowman. I don't want to have anything to fucking do with fucking anything Christmas after the 25th of December. Uh, 12 midnight uh, the 26th you're ripping your neighbor's lights off his house right Scrooge is back at yeah, the fucking get your shit stroke together, of midnight motherfucker. you're getting ready for Valentine's uh, Day because I know yeah, that you're a fucking swamp motherfucker one. right yeah, that's the big one the only fucking house on the block decorated with red, red lights. fucking lights yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking chairs like, wow, this, this guy really likes this shit <laughs> really weird it's like I see him outside cursing, mowing the lawn. Really strange. <laughs> uh, so Grizz, this week we we dove into a series, uh, a television series that I loved growing up. I saw. I guess these would have been like reruns or or whatever, like syndication on various different low budget TV channels. We watched an episode of the TV series Monsters. To be specific, we watched season one, episode five, My Zombie Lover, which aired on November 19th, 1988, a week after my birthday. Not my exact birthday, just of that year. Oh, birthday. Yeah, yeah. What, one years old? Going on two? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I definitely didn't see this when it was first airing. Um, Grizz. Are you familiar with this TV show? No, dude. Like, I don't. I don't remember any of this at all. So no, I don't. I, don't I, didn't, I didn't catch the reruns. Like I don't. I don't remember this shit, dude. Like I can't even like. I can't even place this. The only time, only place I can like you know remember this from is those fucking 
stupid ass tapes that have like fucking three episodes each on them and yeah. shit. Like that's yeah. the only thing I remember them from. Yeah. Um, the intro to this TV show is fucking awesome. You got to. No, admit that's true. That. No, no. I will. I'm not saying I don't like it. I just don't fucking remember it. I yeah. will say that the intro is fucking awesome. Like super good. My, you know, monster family watching some fucking TV on a Friday night, little TGIF special going down, eating some fucking critters, watching spooky fucking, you know, <laughs> stories. That's, that's fucking good deal. I like the panning of like the town or wherever the fuck they are. And it looks like a suburban neighborhood, but it's kind of like a matte painting or miniatures or something. Yeah, it's, it it's real solid to me, man. That intro with the music playing, the music is really kind of really kind of creepy also it's, right it's it's full-on like late 80s horror culture like it's Sick. it's everything that is that in a nutshell and even this episode you know my zombie lover like <clears throat> they don't uh, I, what i liked about this is that they don't it, it's only like you know 21 minutes 22 minutes of a show so they're not you know they're they're getting right into the fucking meat of things they're not wasting time with a bunch of fucking bullshit story that i don't care about so i appreciate that aspect of this show that it's quick here's the spooky stuff here's what happens and we're out like i'm that's my attention span right there i'm with it yeah uh i think it was only what like 20 it's 21 minutes long because it's a half hour show so there's commercials obviously Um, it goes by quick. You get dropped right in. It's some sort of, uh, I guess, I'm not going to say it's a holiday, but one day a year, the dead come back to life in this reality, right? And they're boarding up the windows like it's well, nothing. Nobody's scared. Town, the parents are going right? out. That's what yeah. it sounded like. It's like just this town has this problem of the fucking zombies coming back once a year to feed, which is strange. What do you think about that? Would that like, like imagine living in a place like that? Like you just bought a house, spent all your money to get in. Nobody told you about this. And all of a sudden your neighbor, like maybe like Friday night is like, so you're ready for Monday? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's Monday? It's like, Oh, the, the dead day. Like the dead come back. It's like, what? Kill him, bro. <laughs> I'd be like, finally some fucking stress relief. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you like the idea that like uh, it's one day a year, and I guess then like once the day is over, like they're gone, they like just go it. back. Like yeah. I want to see the day after this, where they're just like going back to their grave and like crawling the fuck back in, like yeah, the ones yeah. who are all pissed off they didn't get to eat and shit. Like, like oh, that's that's, that's the day I want to see the day after dead day. <laughs> it's Who's cleaning like up purge. all the fucking zombies and shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the purge. Like the next day, it's like. Well, I'm traumatized, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck do I do up? now? Yeah, do I go to work? <laughs> like, do you go to work Tuesday or do you call out? You know yeah, what do I you mean? Get, like, the it's... day off, the day after purge, is that like a given like national holiday just to like decompress, or is it like a yeah, mandatory yeah. work day? Or, or do you, yeah, do you have to call like the fucking uh, like the hazmat team to your house to <laughs> clean up like the blood and guts of your family that were just like massacred? It's like, oh, no, you, you John, you, yeah. you better be fucking in or it's your ass. Sure, it isn't going to sell itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> motherfucker. Today's our busiest day of the year. You heard of Black Friday. This is oh, this is even better than that. <laughs> but the whole idea of like one day the zombies come is fucking awesome because nobody's really that worried, right? They're kind of. No. They're kind of getting We're pumped psyched. up to go out to go shoot some zombies. The dad has that sick rifle rack on the 
on the uh, wall kind of looks like a fire blanket uh, holder, right? Yeah, and I like that there's like, you know, uh, there's like it's a small family, but you get like a little bit of everything. You get the, the, the wholesome mom. You get the, the, the gun happy dad who's ready to go out and shoot the zombies. Uh, you got the, the nerdy daughter who's back home from college and, you know, just all book. she wants to do is read her book. And then you okay. got her uh, her little brother who is for zombie rights and thinks that it's fucking yeah. wrong that they're going they're out and too. killing these people. Yeah, you know, he's got a little sign. He's doing his thing. So I like I liked all the people that were in play here. Yeah. And the, the kid, the son is going back with uh, is going out with the parents. Yeah. He's so, out. like, apparently it's safe, whatever they're doing. Like, That's they what have I was, the, they Dude, control like, over the situation. It's no big deal. These zombies are flesh eating, and the I mean, this kid's going out to like protest. And the zombies are like, oh, he's cool. He's fucking down for our rights. Like, we're not going to eat the little kid. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't think zombies have that kind of discretion and or, or can read signs. So I feel and, like that was an unsafe situation for that kid. And also, they had like the the windows boarded up from the inside. Wouldn't it make more <laughs> sense to board your windows up from the outside? Like, they're going to break the glass and then just push it out. You know what I well, mean? They could like, push it. I mean, either way, if they could push it, can they pull? I mean, what really is the better way? Is it better to be in or out for the boarding? That's a good question. Well, well I mean, do you want you want to talk about this for a second, man? As I'll two guys that like, yeah. Yeah, you know. So if this were me, man, you got to do like it's a hurricane and you got to get that nice fucking legit plywood. Mm. And you screw that motherfucker in with some solid ass like fucking yeah. deck screws or something. Just drill the fuck, just tons of them in there. Guess what? That shit ain't getting in at all. No way. So the, so the contractor in me is thinking, if I know that there's a fucking dead day every year, then I'm obviously going to construct my windows with some kind of a built-in barricade system, whether it be some kind of bar or or mesh that I can, you know, bring down like 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 almost like a, a mall security door, if you would. Oh, for yeah. my windows. I mean, I'm thinking ahead here. If I have fucking a year to plan for the next one, I'm thinking wood ain't gonna cut it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to be a yeah. little bit more uh, heavy duty with my my protection. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of it like that. Um, I guess you would have time to actually prepare for this and everything. And you probably could put some sort of like rolling gate on every single window. I like the rolling gate. I like that idea. Or if you put, you ever see like, uh, like in a, in a city, in an apartment building, they have those bars to catch the air conditioner. You ever see that? To make sure the air conditioner, you could literally just put those like all around your house and have a solid like iron, iron fucking door. And you're good. Ain't nobody getting in, right? Unless you, unless there's some user error, which always seems to happen in these situations. Yeah. Now, in, in a split moment situation, and then I'm given the resources I have available. I still don't know if the outside or the inside is is a better place to to hammer things up. My instinct would be the inside because I have then control more over, you know the placement of like, you know, this, the, the fastening mechanisms of this board. Whereas if I boarded up on the outside of the window and they're fucking tearing shit up, then they they have the board and they got the fucking, the access, you know, all at right, least on right. the inside, I'm fucking what, hammering hands off the boards and shit. Right. What about this, man? You got a, a sheet of plywood on the outside, right? 
You got a solid like two by four cut diagonally across the windowsill now. Mm-hmm. Braced right? up. Yep, braced up. Now that's braced. You do it on the inside also. Boom, that's braced. And you still got your glass there in between. What do you think about something I like mean, that, I man? think that's, I mean, the plywood's ideal. I think the, 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 the plywood is ideal because it's, it's eliminating the penetration into the house. You yes. know, it's, it's creating a flat surface that they can no longer even try to pry or pull or anything. You know, they're running into yeah. a brick wall, basically. So I, I, plywood is ideal, like in a hurricane situation. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think that would be uh, a pretty easy thing to do with enough notice if you only had to survive the night. I think you'd yeah. be able to come up with something pretty good. Uh, these people just putting up those shitty ass pieces of wood. Well, I don't know about that. And I like their the front aesthetic door was of it. barely locked. That's true. It yeah. had two locks on it. It was not. And it was, a, it was a, just a, a janky ass door. It wasn't a fucking security door. Yeah. The aesthetic is very Night of the Living Dead. Oh, very totally. Light, yeah, yeah. Know, 60s type shit. Uh, just, just we're just talking about how like the windows are boarded up, not in general, but you know, it's cool. It's very cool looking. So what ends up happening is most of this family, besides the daughter, goes out to hunt zombies and or protest zombie rights. And who comes to visit the house? But one of the daughter's classmates who died months of uh, months ago, who had a and crush on her. Oh. Yeah, he had a crush on her. I guess she kind of liked him too, because she was like laughing at his shit and making out with him and stuff. But eventually, she she gets like all fucking crazy because he tries to bite her, and Whoa. she's like, "I can't, you know, how could I be with you? Like this is fucking ridiculous." And uh, you know. Well, consent is very important. If you're gonna if you're gonna start, you know, pushing boundaries, biting, spanking, you know, the kind of things that you know, yeah, you know, things that the typical person might might think are kinky, you got to ask for permission. And I don't think he did that. I think he just went for it. I think that's where the line was drawn. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. And uh, eventually, the parents come home. They go to shoot this zombie that's in their house, and she puts herself in front of the bullet, essentially uh, dying for this zombie, and he bites her, right? And, oh wait, no, he doesn't bite her. She just fucking comes back. It's the day of the dead. It's the day of the zombies, or whatever whatever the fuck they call it. (laughs) And uh, now they're together forever, her and her classmate. This uh, was an awesome episode. I feel like it was very well done well paced it was interesting it was kind of funny at times kind of weird kind of creepy it was cool i i really like this series it's definitely a solid anthology series in general i know there's a lot of good episodes i can remember a few but this one specifically i i've never seen this before and i really like really really enjoyed it yeah i mean it's it's good horror it's a good cliche horror stuff you know it's it's what you want in like a quick horror story it's, it sets up your characters, it gets to the point of the, the story very quick, it resolves things, and it's funny, you know? And, like, that's what the, I think the important thing of a, a show like this is, is that it, it retains uh, a comedy element to keep the show moving and to keep it refreshing. I think if this was just, like, a heavy fucking, you know, story with just, like, bad endings, you know, not bad, but, like, you know... Uh, downer endings and shit. I don't think this would work, but because it's so goofy and, and it's lighthearted, but it's also very well done, I think it works on a, a really high level. I would have I would have been totally into this as a fucking teenager in the 80s, dude. This would have been great. 
Yeah, I I really would have liked to see this. Uh, would like to have seen this earlier on. I guess in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like maybe closer to when it aired, but of course that wouldn't have been possible. Like who the fuck's gonna show this to like a five year old? <laughs> my parents were cool, but not that cool. Yeah, I right. mean, geez. Uh, but what do you think, man? you willing to explore this uh this franchise a little bit more yeah i think this is something we should definitely uh get into a little bit more check out some other episodes see if they're better see if they're worse maybe we just started on a really high point but maybe we started on a low point and the rest of it is like really fucking good so uh this was good enough for me to want to check out more at least yeah dude we're, we're definitely gonna do more of these it's it's definitely one of the classics and you know there's not that much to choose from with this type of um, show you know like horror anthology and shit that's no. actually like horror and not you know like supernatural or whatever which I, I do like supernatural I'm not gonna lie but um, you know stuff that's a little bit more adult oriented yeah so for sure you know we'll see we'll go through some more maybe there are some stinkers I'm sure there are there always is oh this was a good one though I liked it yeah definitely definitely check this out if you look hard enough you could find it uh, maybe it's on one of those VHS tapes also that's out there. Yeah. Um, but if you check the internet, it's probably yeah, one of those YouTube bootleg fucking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It looked great on my 65 inch TV. Yeah. <laughs> Not. Okay. So let's hit the trailer for this week's movie. Who's buried in Midian? Ain't nothing but dead folk. Somewhere. <laughs> hidden from sight. Closer than you might think. Is a place that's not on any map. Midian. Something's breeding there. It looks a lot like hell. But they call it home. There goes the neighborhood. They're not pretty. They're not neighborly. You'll come back now, you hear? They're not even human. But this time, they're the good guys. From the imagination of Clive Barker comes Nightbreed. You can't go down there! They have only one enemy. A beast called Man. Sworn to destroy the Nightbreed. Sounds like we're going head-to-head -head with the devil himself. And only one chance. A man. Moon! Called Moon. It's time to fight! Who oh, get him, boys! I'll kill you! What chance have we got? They're armed. So am I. Out of your deepest fears and your darkest fantasies, Clive Barker brings you a startling new breed of adventure. I won't let you down. Nightbreed. At last, the night has a hero. Outstanding. Nightbreed. Grizz, how pumped are you right now that we're about to talk about this motherfucker? Dude, I, I'm pretty psyched because this is something that I've been trying to to cover for a long time. It's a movie that like when I first brought it up, you talked a lot of shit to me. 
but I've learned recently that it was Hell just yeah. because you wanted to talk shit to me and not because you disliked the movie. So that's that's <laughs> just promising. Just piling around. Yeah. Just piling around. <laughs> but I'm dude, so excited, man, for you to do this, this movie. This is just like, this is probably my, it's tough. I love all Clive Barker things. Um, and it's, it's tough to say that like, you know, the Hellraiser, the original isn't like the best Clive Barker thing ever made or whatever, uh, as far as movies go, but man, Nightbreed, I feel like this movie, uh, it just captures the world of Clive Barker better than any movie that has his name on it. And this is just one of my favorites of his. Damn, man, this really is, uh, this this holds a a special place in your, your all time list. My Cliveness. Yeah. (laughs) I knew it was going to be such a special occasion. I opened up one of the beers that I found from uh, this year's (laughs) VHS Fest. a year ago. (laughs) Uh, It's not almost a year ago. It's, let's say, July, August, September, October, November, December. So like five months, five and a half months. And the thing says that it expired like in September, best of September, I don't know. I don't know. Best by just now. trying to just trying to celebrate our New Year's <laughs> episode with Nightbreed. Um, so you said that this is like a great representation of Clive Barker, and I agree with that. It kind of has like parts where you're like, oh, I wonder if that was like supposed to be in like Hellraiser or something. Like, oh, yeah. you know, certain scenes, the way that everything looks when you start going underground and Midian and shit, like just it it has that thing where if you showed me just that and you said who do you think made this i'd be like oh clive barker clive barker and if you and it's 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 very similar to because i'm a huge fan of his like i like i said last week i have i've in and out of my collection i've had a lot of different uh, original pieces of his books of his artwork of his and his artwork is amazing it's all it's all this you know it's these it's like a deep dive into the darkest depths of hell and like the human mind and things that you can think of and just like body horror. And those are all like my favorite kind of imagery. And so when I say that, like this to me is like the perfect represent representation of Clive Barker's world. It's because we get such a vast array of like, dude, the night breed creatures cover such a gamut of like things that could be considered straight demons to things that you, you could put in a fucking X file X-Men, you know, fucking, you know, movie or some shit. It covers such a wide array of creatures and styles and everything. It's, it's, fucking awesome i really like the creature design in this i loved all the shots where you would see like a crowd or a group or they would be going from like area to area and you would see each different um like you know person creature thing animal whatever the fuck it was that was like very interesting to me it reminded me of like like in star wars when they go into the cantina and you're seeing all the aliens and you're trying to look in the back, like what's in the background and all yeah. shit like that. And there's a lot of that when they go down into Midian. It's a lot of like, oh man, like look at that thing. Look, oh man, that one's disgusting or like shit like that. Yeah, it's cool it has that, uh, it, well, it's another movie like that, uh, like like a Men in Black. It has that same kind yes. of thing where yes. like, you're looking at all the aliens. You're like, oh, because like it's all practical effect. It's all great makeup effect. So you're like, oh, I want to see this. I want to see that. Like So you're kind of like deep diving these scenes to make sure you're not missing anything. And I love movies that, that get you so engaged that way because you just are drawn in on another level when you're watching it 
Yeah, so this was released on February 16th, 1990. So by the 90s or the late 80s, they they had the practical effects dialed in, especially something that was, I guess, you know, made with any sort of budget. Uh, what were some of your favorite uh, members of the breed or whatever the fuck they call themselves throughout the movie? The night breed, the, the, the tribes of the moon, my friend. Yeah, yes, uh, yes. My absolute favorite... Which he isn't an original Nightbreed member, but he becomes one in the movie. Uh, is Narcissi or Narcissus? I think his name is. I'm not 100 how how he's pronounced or whatever the fuck you want to say. But he's the dude that Boone meets in the hospital, who oh, tells yeah, him looks- where Midian is. You know, <laughs> and he, so he gets this information, and then he, he, you know, as a as a way to prove himself to Boone that he should be taken to Midian, the dude fucking cuts all the skin off of his fucking head and shit. So fucking wild. His character throughout the whole movie, it develops into this just wild, like, all I, uh, whenever I see his character, I, I want to think this, like, mad cowboy, but he's not a fucking cowboy, but he has this, like, just wild fucking attitude that's just, like, no... No fucks given, like Wild West kind of vibe to me, dude. I love that character so much. I like the fucking berserkers. Oh, those are like yeah. in the basement of this place. That shit was sick, man. All these like horrific looking bulbous tumor filled creatures, right? All slimy I love the name. Shit. The berserkers are the berserker yeah. itself is a fucking great name. Um, and I love that they're just like they're a humanoid creature that's just uncontrollable with rage and power. And like they they keep these things fucking captive in this underground world in Marid in Midian, but because they like you know they know they have to keep them safe because they're they're creatures and shit that are nightbreed, but they have to lock them up because they're just absolute insanity. Like they'll they'll yeah. kill the other nightbreed. They don't give a fuck. Yeah. So like those creatures, I think, are a whole nother level that are just like they they add a. a a rawness and just like a fucking violence to the end of this movie that I think would be totally lost without the berserker character. Fucking so goddamn cool that. And even like the Baphomet, like, uh, it, it, it looks like a statue at first, but like, it's actually like a thing. Yeah. Like it's there actually weird, is dude. like something in there because like the eyes like turn into human eyes. Like you could see they turn real and like, Oh, and the face the talks. Movie. Yeah. And emotes and shit. But I love how like part of his body is is see through or like yeah, it's, it's cool. like it's, it's all lit so, up though. You're very you're un, you're not I'm I'm still not sure what the fuck if it's supposed to be a, a statue that's able to you know come to life or like what the fuck it's supposed to be. But it's it's epic, yeah. man. I love it. But yeah, like does it just have like his spirit or like his essence in this statue or whatever? That's how it's able to like leave at the end. Or, or fucking what, you know? It's cool, though. Whatever the hell it is, it's visually very cool. And I like how it's kind of like... Um like in like Harry Potter or something like the fucking sorting hat also or yeah. like it, it judges you yeah. and all that. Yeah. And even at the end with that priest who gets like fucking oh. metamorphosized into this, uh, you know, into the night breed and he's all creepy looking. Same, same thing. Like very cool that he has that power to fuck with you, you know? So we talked a little bit last week about how this is based on uh, a book called Cabal, 
which is who Boone becomes at the end of this story. Uh, Baphomet, you know, dubs him Cabal and is given this new journey and power to go on and stuff. Um, and the book itself, I will say, is very, very close to this movie. That does not like, obviously books are much more detailed. They give you a little bit more than a movie typically would. But this story is very basically it's the story of cabal i mean that's what happens in the book is 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 this movie i just think that uh clive barker wasn't you know f happy with the edit that the studio did because it definitely turns this movie more into a slasher the original nightbreed movie if you've ever seen like the vhs tape of it and stuff yeah it's it's definitely more slasher oriented on the on the decker character Whereas Clive Barker's story is, is definitely more based on, on Midian and the Nightbreed itself. So more supernatural and everything. Way more supernatural. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but, I like the, but dude, the Decker slasher story is probably my favorite fucking slasher movie of all time. Like I was going to say, I like the, I like the two stories that are intertwined. Yeah. The whole like Boone going to fucking, uh, Midian and becoming the Nightbreed and Decker kind of like using him as like bait or a guide or whatever. He somehow knows that, you know, he's, you know, connected to Midian, right? It's not a coincidence that he's doing all this shit and he blames all the murders on him. Like it's, it can't be a coincidence. You know what I mean? And it's cool how he's taking all these things that Boone is saying and he's going and acting on them and blaming him. Like, didn't it's you amazing. say this? Like, I have this on record that you, you know, murdered people in your dreams exactly like this in a place just like this, you know, at a, you know, people that looked exactly like this. So it's awesome. Dude, the Dr. Ke Decker character only works because of Cronenberg. And I am so yeah. fucking certain of that. The, the way that Cronenberg looks and the vibe he puts dude, off, dude. The, 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 the way he speaks is so monotone and just like he never inflects anything, it's just very said. And like, man, I don't think anybody could, I can't imagine anybody being Dr. Decker other than Cronenberg. It is, yeah, he was fucking born for this part. The mask that he wears with the buttons and the silver fucking mask, so dude, it, it's it's like. I don't know what about it. Maybe just because I've grown up with him wearing it, but it's just like I see fucking Cronenberg in the mask. There's something about that mask itself that's like inherently Cronenberg. It's just such a fitting role for him, man. It's it's, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I I do like the whole thing where it's kind of it reminds me of almost like the scarecrow from batman that's what it always reminded me of it's a great comparison and it's like it's once he puts that on it's like his alter ego you know what i mean even though he's still kind of a strange fuck as a as a normal person but, but that's he can let go you know he, yeah. he really lets go yeah and like a it's a very memorable looking mask uh those knives that he uses those huge fucking knives very memorable um, him going into that house in the beginning and killing the family and then they allude to him killing the kid too right oh heavy shit and and dude he's involved with probably one of the the most beautiful like unintentional maybe intentionally but like what i think is probably unintentionally beautiful scenes in this movie where uh boone's girlfriend what the fuck is her name Lori? was that uh or no uh yeah Lori. yeah um she is she's at she's out trying to find boone and midian and she's at this bar and she she hooks up with this other chick right 
and the fucking other chick ends up meeting Cronenberg at the fucking bar. She meets Decker. And then the next morning, fucking Lori and this girl are out in Midian trying to find Boone. And the fucking girl gets killed by Decker in the yeah. in the in the fucking field, dude. Brutal. And, and the way that that scene looks with the fucking uh, the Oingo Boingo song playing <laughs> and the fucking door open with the blood on it and the, the field looks like kind of like dewy in the morning. It's just it's so fucking creepy, dude. I love it and it's cool because. The fucking what's his name did all the music for this movie from Oingo Boingo. Fucking uh, David Elfman, he's really? the fuck oh, yeah, yeah. The, he's the fucking composer that did like the the main intro and shit like that. So it's That's like funny. he's like I'm gonna throw my old band in here for good measure. We're gonna make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, this movie, like we said, is kind of two stories intertwined. One is a serial killer. The other is this supernatural slash. Uh, crypto zoological like yeah I like that type thing because they're not all like cre- like humans well like humanoids some of them are actual creatures you see that rat thing like eating something at one point and, uh, there's I like so the many- weird like they look like the fucking twins from fucking nothing but trouble oh but they yeah. were like but their stomachs and heads were like conjoined and shit dude those creatures was, were cool as fuck that looked very hellraiser to me yeah that was like very like twisted souls clive barker shit right whenever they're going through midian and they're showing all the different little rooms of all the creatures and shit i'm like yeah this is this is totally clive barker's world yeah i like the one that she thought was fucking boone and like when he turns around, he's got like a piranha face. Yeah, dude, right? what the fuck? It's like an alien. Like, dude, that I shit's so sick. Uh, it's it's just such a cool thing that they were able to pull off all these different. I guess we'll just call them monsters or whatever. That's yeah, fine. And really, none of them look like shit, right? Like they're all very well done. It doesn't look like there's really many like filler ones. If there were, I didn't notice them. There's but, some goofier ones, but I think like almost intentionally to show that like it's all like the gamut what runs. Look like. yeah, yeah, you know. So here's my question: you you're are you like very well, I guess, uh, well versed in this universe? A little bit. I know some where, stuff. Where did all these motherfuckers come from? <clears throat> so from what I can remember. It's like a conglomeration of different like tribes and different like some of them are dead. Some of them are not dead. It's like and, and there's like living sinners who are allowed to live in Midian and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like this group of outcasts from like ancient times. Like these were people that were alive amongst humans way before like civilization. And then throughout when when the human race became jealous of them. They started killing them off and like, you know, exiling them and stuff oh, like that. Dude. So they're an ancient tribe, basically, that have been here forever of different people. Dude, that scene. That's the best of, scene in the fucking movie, bro. That Yes. yes 100%, 100%. 100%. Those guys, they, they look like they're in the fucking clan robes, but they're supposed dude. to be like Catholic the, fucking priest, fucking executioner people. Oh my god, the people like strapped to the chairs. Chairs with the medieval torture devices, dude. And it's unlike the background's all fucking red and heavy looking. 
that yeah. scene is that scene is so Clive fucking Barker, dude. That scene is tortured souls. I'm like, dude, I want to see nothing but a movie set in this fucking timeline in this world because it looks evil as fuck. Dude, that was a metal ass fucking shit, yeah. dude. I want to do, yeah. We should record yeah. a music video there, dude. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. What what a cool fucking setting, though, right? Like, really, seriously, we don't get enough of those in these movies, and I guess it's usually a budgetary thing. I mean, who really has the money to really film I would something love to, to that have been extent? On set that day, imagine being on set to see like that, dude. How fucking wild! So cool. Yeah, like. All the different monsters running away and like the different things still alive, even though they're dismembered and shit. Oh, the head. So, oh, yeah. dude, I forgot about that. Like a, he- a decapitated head falls fucking on a pile Rex. and it's still fucking moving and swallowing and shit. Ah, oh, dude, so good. So cool. So there's so much cool shit in this movie. And it's all just, I guess, the version. All right. So the version we watched is like your typical standard version of Nightbreed that's on all the fucking streaming services and shit. There's extended cuts, director's cuts, the Cabal cut, the Midian cut, all sorts of... I don't know if there's a Midian cut. I'm sure there is. But like, there's all these different versions. We watched like the very, I guess, vanilla version. No, we watched the director's cut. Okay, we watched the director's cut. It's the Clyde Barker cut. And I feel like they packed so much story into a fairly short amount of time. Right, like this wasn't a very long movie when it comes well, it's, down to it's it. It's two hours, so it's definitely on the the longer side of movies. But it goes by so fast that it does feel like I've been given so much in such a short period of time. Yeah, where think about it, how much it, there it is. Could have been so much more, dude. This story, like you just asked me, what? Who are the Nightbreed? We could have that. That could have been a whole fucking movie on its own. The, to to get into the history and the backstory of all these different characters, there's so many different characters that are so interesting that each one of them could have their own fucking movie and, and backstory. It's it's such a a big world that's created for such a small timeline that I want to know so much more about. Yeah, I mean, I guess now looking at it, two hours is kind of long, but I feel like it doesn't. It doesn't feel like two hours. I feel like they pack so much, and like you said, there is way more that I would like to know. And is there any reason, maybe do you know, why there wasn't a sequel? Because they set I, it up for one. Oh, it's totally set up for a sequel. And, and and the original Cabal movie is, or the original Cabal book is part of a series of stories. It's like almost like a, not a short, but it's 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 a part of a bigger narrative. So I feel like they were definitely like, well, at least Clive Barker, his head was probably trying to set it up to be like, all right, we're going to, we're going to make this sequel after this based on my books. However, I think the studio spent $11 million to make this and only recouped about 8 million worldwide. So they were like, we're not going to put any more money into a fucking Nightbreed 2 when it was a failure. And the only reason it was a failure though, was because of the, the disagreements between Clive Barker and the studio. They both had two different movies that they wanted to make, and there was just no way to figure out, you know, the, the right way to do it, I think, at the time. Now, yeah. with, the, with what we watched, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think the director's cut that they've come up with is, is, is a very clean version of the movie. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much that was left unanswered, you know, when it comes to, like, story. I mean, granted, you don't get a ton of backstory, but I'm saying, like, they there weren't, like, open ends right you know what i mean like i I thought it was 
pretty solid. I, I was just open for a sequel. That doesn't happen, and that's yeah. it. Which doesn't. It, I mean, that's whatever. And it, I would have loved to see a sequel to that. And I like the character that they use to kind of like propagate that. The uh, the priest that goes along with that vigilante group, oh, he kind of goes crazy, sees the Baphomet fucking statue. I've seen their god. Yeah, Dude, it's he gets, so good. He gets hit with that fucking Baphomet piss water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, <laughs> That'll it, do like, it. Fucking deforms him, turns yeah. him into this like fucking ghostly white looking motherfucker. Oh, yeah. Cool as fuck. But I definitely would have loved to see a sequel. And maybe one day we will get one, the way things are going with remakes and reimaginings and all oh, sorts man, of I, shit. Oh, man, I couldn't imagine. See, and like, I, as, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, that would be cool, you know? But then I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, but then they would just go through, and because the studio didn't want to fucking spend money, they would CGI everything. Oh, that's and it would true. fucking ruin it for yeah. me, dude. The practical makeup effects in this movie is what makes it so fun to watch. Maybe you could get like Guillermo del Toro to, yeah, to like there we fucking go. do it. That would be Dude, sick. Dude, yeah, that would actually be fucking awesome. Right? Can you imagine that? Like, that would be like, he's like the only person you could probably recommend that I'd be like, let's fucking make this happen. Dude, Pan's Labyrinth was very similar. Amazing. Like, in like the vibe of, you know, Nightbreed. I mean, I'm not going to say it was fucking. No, but it's a, it's a clean you know, fucking whatever, version, but. dude. Like, it's a much more polished idea that is, is kind of driven from Nightbreed for sure. Dude, Nightbreed is, is such a fucking cool idea. And I'm really, really, really shocked that nobody tried to buy the rights to this and do something else or spin offs, this or that. I, I really don't get why nobody attempted it i mean it became a, a cult classic they, they're definitely making money off of merch and releases and shit now right oh it's dude it's yeah it's, it's underground hit for sure uh, it, it's it's tough for me too man because it's like i could uh, i could totally see this have being like the the decker character and the mask and all of that if this was taken out of this movie and made its own movie where that's the fucking like focal point i could see that character and and the imagery becoming iconic to the level of of you know michael myers of jason of freddy krueger i could see decker being on that level because of his brutality his delivery and the way he looks but i think because he's in this other story he's like a second story to what's going on in nightbreed he doesn't get that recognition so like I have this like tough love situation where I'm like, man, I would almost love to see a separate movie of just Decker and like the the slasher that really was what the studio wanted to do with that. And then I want to see Nightbreed also. So it's tough, you know, it would be sick to see like a, a Decker um, like prequel prequel. Yes, that's that's what it needs for sure. Because he said that he killed like 15 fucking people. There were like 15 murders or whatever. <sighs> so like the, he definitely ran through a bunch and they're probably fucked up because he's very Michael Myers like when he kills that family in the beginning. Totally. Right? Very, very Michael Myers. Like, kind of like the fake out and appearing out of nowhere. Just fucking good jump taking, scares. Taking care of business. But I, I love the character david cronenberg creepy as fuck playing this character right and it fits in with the whole supernatural demon 
transformation weirdness that's going on in the cemetery of Midian, right? Oh, dude, the 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 second best scene, in my opinion, uh, involves the character of Decker, and I think that's the entire interaction between Decker and the old guy at the gas station or whatever the fuck it is outside of Midian, who he wow. stops to get the information from. All right, hold on. I'm going to say something right now, because I think you're a fan of this movie. You a fan of the film Demon Wind? I love Demon Wind. Did this guy not remind you of the fucking gas station guy from Demon Wind? 100%. Did the makeup effects not remind you of the makeup effects in Demon Wind? 100%. It's, did, it's, did it's, that, wait, wait. Did the whole smoke coming out of the guy's mouth and everything and going back in remind you of Demon Wind and he would transform into some other like earthly creature? <laughs> yes. Okay. What year was Demon Wind? I, uh, Demon Wind. Because I want to say Demon Wind is after this movie. I think Demon Wind is 92. Demon Wind is 1990. 1990. Oh, dude. It's the same time period. So it's like, it's it's tough. Who came out with the ideas first? Or like, who is it just coincidence that it's so similar? So cool, man. I love it. I love both. But of you're them. right. We got to cover Demon Wind one day. I would love to like do an edit of those two scenes back to back to see like how similar they really do play <laughs> out because you're right they are very very similar but I think that that is the the I don't know there's something about that old man that's just so endearing and like I hate to see him die and it's just like oh that fucker Decker you know it's just a great yeah. scene that gets me going he gets like the reservoir dogs treatment right he's getting all <laughs> yeah. cut up before fucking. <laughs> Right? Why I want to go? Why I want to go hurt them? What they ever do to you? <laughs> Dude, he's it's like, great. oh, why do you know so much about them? It's like I wanted to be, be one. one. Of them. Yeah, dude, I love it. It's like, did they turn you away? Is that why you're doing all this? Oh, and so he's good. like, and he's like, no, I'm here to destroy them. It's like, damn, dude, you're you're just ruining this guy's fucking day and or life. Well, definitely. See, and, life and that's something too him. we could get in the prequel. We could get a little bit of what is Decker's motivation for destroying the Nightbreed. Like, yeah. we, don't, we don't get too much of that. We just know that he wants them. He thinks they're freaks or whatever. But like, is he sent from like an, another order or a different tribe that's like meant to kill the Nightbreed? Like, there's so many different things you could do with it. I would love to fucking see what leads up to this with that character yeah uh, i i just wish i read the book or the novel is the like the original source material i think i'm gonna have to go back and read it because i think there is more info right there's definitely yeah. Oh, yeah. more it's, it's definitely way more in depth and like i said it's part of like a three-part book series so there's there's so much more to draw from i i still have to read lord of illusions also like That's why I never got that, yeah, dude. I love the movie. Never read the book. Movie's so. so sick. We got to do that. Did we ever do that movie? We did not. That's one we've talked about too. So that's on yeah. the, the Clive Barker list. Eventually, we got to do that one. Uh, I think I was looking before on IMDb, and Doug Bradley is in this movie. Yeah, the old Dirk guy Wildsburg. with the fucking uh, with the eyes on his face, the cheeks, the the old like headmaster that's, guy. That's him. That's Doug Bradley. And dude, in the original cut. They fucking dubbed his voiceover with some German dude, and they didn't even let him fucking use the Doug Bradley's real epic voice. But oh now in the cut that we watched, Clyde Barker was like, nah, fuck that. 
let's go get Doug Bradley to come and do his lines again so we can put it back in the fucking movie. So, I can't believe that was him. I didn't yeah, know it doesn't at even all, look man. like him, right? Not at with all, the, dude. With the bleeding gills on his face, whatever the fuck those were, right? And I love that uh, the Butterball fucking uh, Cenobite from Hellraiser is in this movie as well. <gasps> He's Which Simon. One? He's the little fucking the dude with the nipple tattoos and the dog in the fucking <gasps> cemetery. That's him. That's fuck. You would never guess. He's skinny as fuck, but that's fucking that's oh, Butterball. Man, dude, that's fucking sick. Yeah, tons that's of awesome. like uh, Hellraiser crossovers in this movie. A lot of people that were like seconds and extras and stuff were ended up in this movie. So so cool man i really like what they did with this um it's just like an overall interesting movie to me i like movies like this where there's that weird like transformation type deal going on i like it even more that he's actually dead and he came back he just walks out of the fucking morgue right? <laughs> yeah, that's he's, great they think people stole the body but really it was him he's like not act he's dead but not actually dead not dead dead uh, i really think that it's like a solid fucking just like adventure story sort of the only thing that i think is goofy is that like when they're in midian and they they see like the foretold you know paintings on the wall of of boom coming it's like you have all these cave paintings and you got this motherfucker in like a white t-shirt and a leather jacket and you're fucking like he just him and his woman look so out of place in all of like the cave drawings i'm just like i agree with that a little weird so and like didn't they know that it was that other dude that other nightbreed dude with like the skin dreadlock looking things yeah the like red it's, guy it's obviously him it's right the fuck in front of you <laughs> that's him <laughs> it's fucking peliquin dude what's up like oh, isn't that you dude. biting him another thing that i can't fucking I love stop peliquin, thinking about is the fact that there there is or was a baseball player named aaron boone and oh that's yeah, his name. that's yeah, that's. Uh, I thought that was true. I was like, this name sounds so familiar. It's just because I've watched this movie so much. But no, I think yeah, he's a fucking. No, baseball that was player. definitely a baseball player. That fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> so stupid. Oh boy. So Chris, what? What do you got? I was just gonna say, I think that that the Pelican character that you just talked about, the red dude, is probably like my favorite fucking uh, badass character in the movie. Like oh, he's fucking. Johnny so Badass good. over there, yeah. Dude, like uh, maybe because like I like I'm wearing my my Rampa Prop shirt right now on purpose because they're like one of my favorite bands and they have like so many Nightbreed audio clips in their fucking music, dude. So maybe I'll send like a tasty treat for you guys to listen to at the end of this episode. Oh, we could do that. We Hell can hook yeah. that up, man. For we sure, can hook that up. So, Grizz, why don't you give me your final thoughts on Nightbreed? Oh man, Nightbreed is a great movie. I think everybody should uh, should definitely take the time. I mean, like you said, it's two hours. It's not a, a quick watch, but it goes by so fast and it, it really draws you in and makes you want to know more. I think that's my big takeaway from whenever time I watch it is I'm just like, God damn it. I want, I want more. I want more backstories. I want, I want to know more about every single fucking character that I see in this movie. Um, and I think that's what a good movie does for you is it leaves you with uh, with the desire to want to know more about this world that you're you're viewing. So in that sense, I think this is probably one of Clive Barker's best movies. If it's the director's cut, the original tape version, I have a hard time with. Yeah, I, I think this is a solid watch. Like you said, two hours long, but it goes by quick. It doesn't really drag. Something's always happening. Um, we've been saying it throughout this whole episode. There's 
two intertwined stories, David Cronenberg killing people with a cool mask on and the whole Midian boon thing and they're intertwined then it keeps it entertaining right oh um, for sure nightbreed definitely isn't in my top like three or whatever um i definitely like lord of illusions Candyman, um the original hellraiser like that shit is just fucking wild to me uh, all those movies are so solid this one would come right after that which is still fucking awesome. Those all those movies are legitimate classics to me. I mean, most people probably would only consider Hellraiser and Candyman classics. Hellraiser, uh, Lord of Illusions gets overlooked a little bit, but Nightbreed is Nightbreed is definitely held to a higher regard, you know, by the general public, I would say, or the horror community. But this one definitely is like a solid fucking movie. It's it's that borderline of fantasy and horror and it's not it's got some heavy shit in it but it's got a lot of light stuff too and it's got a good mix of some dark humor in it it's definitely something that i recommend and i think it's free in a ton of places oh yeah um, to be amazon prime um the videotape it's not the best version but it's uh you know it's cheap it's cheap yeah. um dvds are cheap you could you could see this a million different ways there's a million different cuts the cabal cut is like fucking we don't even know how long 3 hours long or some shit yeah, it's like everything right some fucking punk ass fans just like got a hold of the footage Damn. and just like pieced it Damn. all together and shit so i mean props yeah. for them but fuck that fuck that yeah <laughs> oh you owe me a coke no i'm just kidding uh so yeah nightbreed definitely check it out go watch it let us know what you think grizz let's head over to the video drop box as i attempt to get the taste of this disgusting beer out of my mouth <laughs> Alright, Grizz, we're back in the video Dropbox, and this January we figured, hey, let's go do some fucking metal or rock movies again. Well, let's, let's get into that uh, music mood. We've been releasing a lot of uh, holiday-themed things, etc. You know, it's time to just let loose, right? Do some shit that we're really, we're really into. Yeah, and when I think of heavy metal music and, uh, you know big 80s guitar solos i think of you know lovely chicks with blonde hair and, and big boobies like tracy lords <laughs> that's exactly what we're dialing up next week with a little shock em dead yep the 1991 uh metal heavy metal horror film right this one i think is is probably one of my favorite heavy metal horror films wow putting it out that's there that's 
Wow, so we're, we're going to find out. I'm not really that familiar with this movie. I don't believe I own it. I don't think I've ever watched it. Bro, um, oh, yeah. oh, bro. Wait till yeah. fucking Ernie Keeks hears about this. Hey, he doesn't want to come he's a on, fan. so fuck him. Go listen to the last <laughs> Laser Graves episode and go cry with me. Yeah. Uh, let's hit the trailer to Shock Him Dead, and we'll talk a little bit more about it after. Shock Him Dead. Starring Tracy Lords. Shock him dead. Tracy Lords. Shock him dead. the girl of his dreams, he'd make a deal with the devil. Shock him dead. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. I'm always, I'm always psyched to find new, like, metal or rock-related horror films, because you're always trying to find more. There's not a ton of them, but there's a lot of lower-budget, forgotten ones out there that when you do find them, you're like, oh my god, like, this was fucking great. You know, like just they're out there. You just got to find them. And I hope this one is that for me because you seem to be really high on this. So, you, you know, and th- know. That, that's what this this one was for me when the first time I saw it. And it's just because it's got uh, it's got a great story. The, the lead character is 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 a perfect nerd turned perfect rock star. I think that uh, I think this will will tickle your musical keys, if you know what I'm saying. Wow. Man. This is this is going to do it for you. Wow, it's gonna tickle my ivories, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right, yeah. So next week, 1991, shock 'em dead. Grizz, this is it, man. This is the last one of the year. What do you have to say uh, to our to our listeners? This is it, man. Let's put a fucking bullet in 2021 and let's make 2022 Hell yeah. better. Hell yeah, guns up, baby. Brat brat. Right? Bang bang! <laughs> <laughs> That's more my style, yes. Uh, Grizz, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at badtastevideo.com. So, uh, this is our last episode of the year. Please be safe on this. Uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day holiday. Don't get arrested. Don't fucking kill anybody. Don't do anything stupid like that. And yeah, we seriously. will see you next week with Shock 'em Dead, Laser Graves Podcast, Ernie Keegan. We will miss you, baby. All right, right people. <laughs> pouring a 40 out right now. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. And I know everybody enjoys some Rapa Prompt.